Traditionally, traditionally, I would talk about um, the year that was today. We'd, we'd, we'd look at the year that was, we'd talk about it, uh, etc. We'd talk about the victories, we'd talk about the challenges, and there's been a bit of both. It's been a big year for most people I've talked to. It's, um, it's been quite the year, uh, whether in the environment of church or not. Most people I'm talking to are just saying, roll on next year, which is interesting. But... Um, yeah, for me, the highlight was the arrival of two granddaughters. Amazing, amazing. And, um, and that was amongst all the challenges of the year, but that is so, so good. But I don't want to talk about the year that was. I want to talk about the year that we're going into. And I know for some of you going, oh, for goodness sake, we haven't even finished this year, and you're going to talk about next year. Can we just get out of this one and before we go into the, into the next one? But, but I, I think it's really important because I think the way you leave this year determines how you go into next year. Like most things in life, the way you leave determines the way you enter the next season. And, um, you know, if you leave something poorly, you will probably enter the next season poorly. It's just the way things work. And so we want to leave the year really well. And, and I want to ask, how are we going to enter 2024? How are you going to enter 2024? Because here's what I think. Some things don't change. And they shouldn't change. But some things need to change. And they should change. I like to stop about now and think about where my journey has been and where I've gone and what's brought me to here and now. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the, the, the victories where I got it wrong, all those kind of things. I like to think about them all, but not only just think about them, I want to think about them through a lens of gratitude and thankfulness because all of those things have got me to where I am today. All of those things have got me to here now and I can move on from here to where God wants to take me. Because some things need to change, some things uh, don't change. But I ask questions like, um, you know, where have I come from? Sometimes you feel like you're making no progress in life. But if you actually stop and think about five years ago or somewhere, we've all come from somewhere. We've all journeyed from where we were. So where have we come from? What uh, am I grateful for? What have I been saved from? What is the evidence of God in my life at work? And I think if we stop and we think about those things for a while, we all have a story there. We all have a journey there that we can start to unpack and acknowledge. And and I like to do that with thanks, trying to set myself ready for the new season. Now, in that, some things don't change. The gospel never changes. The, the, the message of Jesus. God never changes. He's the same today, yesterday, today, tomorrow. He never changes. The message of truth that he's given us never changes. But we live in this fast-paced, changing and evolving society, and it's almost like we expect everything to change, but some things just don't change, and nor should they. The Christian message is one of those. It doesn't change. If you come across a new gospel next week that is different to the old gospel, run fast, 
because it shouldn't change. If it suddenly changed, it's not the gospel of truth. It's not what we were given. So run as fast as you can. I, I like Matthew 5.18. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose has been achieved. It won't change. I like the, the old version that says, uh, not even jot or tittle, which are um, uh, Hebrew, um, what do you call it, punctuations, will, will change. Even the smallest detail, it just doesn't change. The, the Christmas message, it doesn't change. I get really ticked off at this time of the year when people say to me, happy holidays. I just do, I can't help it. It's like, it's Christmas for goodness sake. The holiday's not even yet. That's coming soon. But it's Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. And everything that Christmas means. I know this could be a game breaker for some of you, so I apologise if it is. Tonight, probably not the actual night Jesus was born. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's the night we choose to celebrate, eh? It's a night we choose to celebrate and we acknowledge what God's done. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord and I do not change. He does not change. That is the greatest message I can give you today is the hope and the understanding and the revelation that God does not change. His love is always toward you. His hope is always toward you. His mercy is always toward you. His grace is always toward you. He does not change. He just doesn't. Wow, that's cool. James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. I love that. Romans 11.33, oh how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. I love that. He just does not change. That's good news. That's great news. Why don't we go to Luke chapter uh, 2 and verse 1. Christmas, it does not change. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius, the governor, was the governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census, and because Joseph was a descendant of David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancestral home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him his fiancée, Mary, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. Have you ever thought about that? You imagine having Jesus as your older sibling. That's a nightmare. Hey, it's a nightmare. You know this guy's special because I'm sure that that was evident. And he's probably got this whole raft of party tricks, like parting the water in the bath and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> that you just can't do. You can't do, but he can. I, I think it's a nightmare. Anyway, carrying on. Uh, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, they were, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Saviour. Yes, the Messiah of the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That sounds like a carol, doesn't it? It's feeling a bit like Christmas for me today. I played O Holy Night this morning for the first time. It's, you've got to have O Holy Night at Christmas, don't you? I was, I was really just slightly ahead of Jan. And um, I went out to the car and I turned it on full volume. She reckons everybody everywhere could hear it. But boy, it was nice. It just felt like Christmas. So I, I find it emotional when you, you hear someone singing that song so tremendously. You go, just the fact that we can do that to God. It's quite phenomenal, isn't it? You know, it's incredible. Anyway, keep getting sidetracked. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about this child. All who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God and all they had heard and seen. For all they had heard and seen, it was just as the angel had told them. Amazing. Some things don't change. Christmas, the message of Christmas does not change. God's Seasons change, but the message of God does not change. So the, the birth, the arrival of Christ signified a new season, a new chapter, uh, the outworking of God's plan of redemption or buying back the people. But it's not a new story. It's not a new plan. It's not a new book. It's simply a new chapter in the process, in the workings, in the story of God with people. It's a new chapter. It's a pretty important chapter because it's the coming of Christ. It's the hope of the world. It's our salvation. It's our hope. It's our peace. Our purpose has arrived. Really important chapter. The Christmas message is crucial to the hope and the ultimate future of humanity. Absolutely crucial. And here's the deal. It does not change. It does not change. That is something to celebrate. In our fast-changing, ever-changing world, the fact that the message of God, the message of Christmas does not change is something to be wonderfully thankful for, something we can put our hope in. So now in light of that, how do we approach 224? Well, I think just to, just to put all my eggs in one basket, we've got to approach 224 with God as the priority. Because the message of the gospel has not changed, the message of Christmas has got changed, God's nature has not changed. Therefore, we've got to approach next year with God as our priority. For me, that means the three T's. The three T's are what I have discretion over that I can help with. My time, my treasure, and my talent. 
giving those to his purposes, to kingdom purposes. Those are the three three things that I can kind of have a bit of come and go on in my world. And, and, and so that's what it looks like. So Exodus 20 and verse 3 says, you must not have any other God but me. He hasn't changed. You must not have any other God than me. It sounds really easy, doesn't it? Sounds clear, no other gods than that. But, but let me ask you, where is God, capital G, for you, amongst all your gods, little g? Oh no, Sheridan, we live in modern times. We don't have gods. Well, I beg to differ. I think you have the God of education. I think you have the God of career. I think you have the God of provision. I think we have the God of relationships. I think we have, we just have of leisure. We have all these little g gods in our worlds. Can I ask you where God, capital G, fits amongst and in or over God, little g? I could answer this question for you. Um, if you give me your bank statement and your diary, I'll answer it for you like that. I'll see immediately. That's not being smart. That's called being observant. I'll see immediately where your priorities are, both with your time and with your provision. And it answers the questions super clearly of where your gods are. But God, capital G, does not change, nor do his expectations change. So we want to set ourselves up to enter 2024 with Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Oh, it's good to have him as our Saviour, but no, no, he's our Lord. What's Lord mean? It means he's the boss. It means he calls the shots. Means we're doing what he says. I like Galatians 4 4 to 6. It says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. I love that. We're his children. We're his children. Not only is he my Lord, I am his child. So whether we believe it or not, truth is truth. And truth doesn't change. Because of original sin and our personal sins, we're slaves to the devil and to his kingdom. That's truth. It's only because of Jesus Christ and that he redeemed us, brought us back when we were lost, that we've got a different story. It's only because of Jesus that our story is different. It's only because of Jesus that we can go into 2024 with eternal hope. Not just concerned about the year, but with eternal hope and eternal perspective. It's only because of Jesus, only because of Christmas, that because we are now his. So we died to ourselves. We're living with kingdom purpose. We're about the Father's business now. And please, whatever you do, don't define that too smallly. Smallly, that's not a very good word, is it? Too small. <laughs> but here's what I find incredibly challenging is that we tend to click into next year, into 2024, with a bunch of assumptions. Like the first assumption is we click into next year assuming we have it. Hey. Yeah? I know, I'm getting morbid, sorry. I'm not really, I'm just being real. We, we step in there just assuming that we have it. 
I, I don't know even know if I've got tomorrow, let alone next year. We just don't know. We can't assume that we have it. Uh, we don't step in there expecting God to do something really disruptive and amazing. But I, I, as I read the scripture, I wonder if we could, you know, far be it from me to add to the names of God, but I wonder if we could call God the great disruptor. Because all the way through scripture, that's what he does. He comes into the, seeming norm, uh, the, the norming, uh, seemingly normal and he disrupts it. The days of Noah, they were just carrying on, doing this, living their lives, going to work, marrying, all those kind of things. Boom, God comes in with this flood. That's called disruption. And a disruption. Uh, the, the, the history is just cruise along, people doing their thing. No big deal. God comes in and a baby is born. That's called disruption. Might have started small, ended up pretty big. Hasn't finished disrupting yet. It says at the end of times that we'll just be going about our stuff. We'll be living, we'll be marrying, we'll be having children, we'll be doing all those things. And then bang, without warning, he'll come. That's called disruption. The disruptor. I wonder how many of us actually go into 2024 going, I wonder how God's going to disrupt this year. <laughs> Come on. It feels at the end of 2023 when you're a bit tired, this is a hard question to ask. But some of you are going, please don't dis dis dismiss this year yet. We haven't got there. But, 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 you know, I wonder what God could do next year. I wonder how he could disrupt it. I like Ezekiel says, um, you know, You've heard the proverb they quoted, this is in Ezekiel 12, 22. You've heard the proverb they quoted in Israel. Time passes and prophecies come to nothing. But this is what the Lord says. I'll put an end to that proverb. Now give the, this new proverb, and I'll give this new proverb to replace the old one. The time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. God's about to disrupt them. Incredibly. I, I carry within me this urgency to live ready. I carry in me this urgency that I don't want to miss out what God's doing. I don't need to be at the front of it leading it, but I sure don't want to miss out on it. I want to be part of whatever he's doing. I don't want to be on the sidelines just going about my life without contemplation or without expectation of disruption to the point where I'm so settled and so drowsy that I miss what God wants to do. What could God do in your 224? What could he do? I like um, Matthew chapter 25. It's nice when technology works. Here you go. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The so five who were foolish didn't take enough oil. For their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I wonder if that's the time we're living in drowsy and falling asleep. Because, in a sense, the bridegroom's been delayed. You know, it's 2,000 years. No one expected it to take quite that long. Uh, I'm kind of glad it did, otherwise, we might have missed out. Um, uh, but but 
I read a stat, which I probably shouldn't quote because I haven't got the validity of it, but I will anyway because it was interesting. Um, uh, it says something like, since COVID, in New Zealand, Australasia, church attendance has dropped something like 60%. And, and I wonder if that is a symptom of drowsy and fell asleep because we didn't have enough oil. Oil's the Holy Spirit. We didn't have enough oil. We didn't have enough of the life of God. We were doing the right things, but we weren't filled with the life and the energy and the power of the Holy Spirit. Elsewhere in Scripture, it says that they, they, they will have a form of power, but they will deny. I wonder if that's what it's talking about. At midnight, they were roused by a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give me some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him for the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I do not know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Let me rephrase that without changing it. So you too must live ready. Must live ready. For you do not know the day or hour of my return. Can I just ask a simple question this morning? Are you ready? Are you ready? If his return takes a while longer, are you ready to live ready? Somehow we've got to live like he's coming back tomorrow, yet plan like we're here for a lifetime. You know, part of our, our, our values as a church is, and why we're doing this whole Rukura Park is we're, we're planning for generations to come for the city, for, for generations to be blessed, a place where people can find and encounter something of the love of God, but we've got to live like we're ready yeah. to go tomorrow. Yeah. It's this, this tension that we hold all the time. Do you live ready? Are you living ready? Revelation sixteen fifteen says, look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me. Ready? Are we ready? My prayer is that we go into 2024 ready. That we don't wait for the new year and make a resolution because resolutions come and go. But we actually take some time to ensure that we're living ready and we step into the new year ready as we intend to carry on. Because that way it'll last. As we enter, so we'll carry on, I pray. Living ready. Some things don't change. The message of the gospel doesn't change. The message of hope does not change. Jesus does not change. Father, Son, Holy Spirit do not change. God's desire toward us does not change. A fully committed life does not, should not change. But some things need to change. Uh, a quote I found found a little bit provocative, said this. It's said 
that Alexander the Great had a soldier in his army who also bore the name Alexander. However, the soldier, Alexander, was a great coward. The emperor, Alexander the Great, enraged at his conduct, justly said to him, either change your name or learn to honour it. So may it be said to many Christians today. Sad, isn't it? But it's probably true. Some things don't change, but some need to change. I think with the revelation of the gospel of hope, of God, the message of God, we are actually empowered with incredible revelation to live a life different from those around us. We're empowered by incredible revelation and relationship to bring hope over this season. When people are thinking about things. I, I heard of someone just the other day that uh, lost their job without notice. You know, the week before Christmas. And you go, ouch, that's tough. It's really tough. But there's hope. There's hope. We went and um, visited one of our, our faithful, faithful men yesterday, Roscoe, in hospital. He's not well and he had a fall and smashed his, um, broke his hip. It's been all mended back together. And, and you go, oh, that's no good. But he's not actually, as we prayed with him and, and just talked with him, his hope's not in the here and now and having a good hip now. His hope's in Jesus. His hope's in eternity. He just, you pray, you could just literally feel him dragging the hope out of you for the future. And I go, yeah, that's, that's what we're about. As a people of God, that's what we carry. We carry a hope that this world doesn't understand. We carry a peace that this world doesn't understand. We carry a love that this world has not encountered. I pray we can carry it into the new year. You see, Jesus is not an insurance policy. He's not about insurance policies. He's not about buying the policy, paying the premium, and you're good to go. He said, go make disciples. Disciples are those who follow and do what he did. Christian, little Christs, ones who follow, who imitate who, who lived the life that he lived in the sense of, I, I don't want to live the life he lived in the sense of living back in that time. I had no power or anything. I quite like it where we are. Um, warm running water, amazing thing. Um, uh, but, but, you know, attitudes and virtues and faith and love, and, and that's who he's calling us to be, to walk that just like him. The Bible tells us in John 14 that he is the way, or Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we carry this incredible hope. Because for most of us in this room, we've come to the Father through him. And if you haven't, I pray that the mor this morning's a morning for you. How are you going to enter 224? Hold on to the things that shouldn't change. And I pray for the courage and for the revelation to shift the things that should change. Let the things go that are of a past season. 
to embrace the season that God's got us as we go for. One of the things I'm looking forward to letting go of next year is this building. And I hope next if we're in, if we're in here celebrating Christmas next year, something's gone wrong. I'm looking forward to embracing the new season that God's got for us. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How many of us in this room and online have not yet said yes to Jesus? Have not yet come into relationship with the Father through the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is? This Christmas, we're not just celebrating the birth of any baby. We're selling celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ born of a virgin by the spirit of God sent God himself sent to this earth to redeem to buy back humanity who had gone off track so that we could live in relationship with him we could know him we could walk with him I wish that meant life had no problems but in the perspective of eternity, our problems are only for a time. Our pain is only for a time. Our struggles are only for a time. In the perspective of eternity. My goodness, God has something awesome waiting for us. Scripture says it, doesn't it? You just read, you just come alive as you read about the promises He has for us. So I pray as you go into 224, you're going with a resolute heart to serve Jesus with everything you've got, with everything of who you are, of everything he's blessed us with, Lord and Saviour, Lord the boss and Saviour.